This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive, smart, fun radio. Health and wellness on Joy Drive. Dr. Evangeline Mancioris is the Program Director of Nutrition and Food Sciences at the University of South Australia. Evangeline, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Warren. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to our conversation because last time we spoke, we uh, talked about vitamins in particular. And I reckon after our conversation, you've saved me a lot of money and uh, that I was just basically peeing down the toilet. Absolutely. That's what happens with a lot of them. So I wonder if that's the same with the minerals that we're going to look at Well, let's find out. Let's start with them. Shall we work through them? What's the first mineral that we're going to talk about? Look, sodium's the big one. And look, the the main problem with sodium is that people have too much of it. And this is what we have in salt and, and in added salt that's in foods. And the requirements for it are actually quite low. And it's a really important mineral because it's used to maintain your normal fluid balance and electrolytes and allows the critical organs like the heart and the brain to work really well. And if you stuff up the amount of sodium in the blood, it can be quite dangerous. But our body's pretty good at clearing it out. Um, but if we have too much, of course, and we all know if we have too much salt, you have an increased risk of high blood pressure and stroke and heart disease. So it's one that we've got to be really careful about. What about That's if we have too low sodium? Like we're so conscious yeah. of it, we don't have anything. We don't have those packet of chips that never hit the table. What happens yeah. there? What happens? Well, that's the interesting thing, that some people do get this condition called hyponatremia, where the sodium levels in their blood get too low and it can cause headaches and confusion, seizures and even coma. But it's rarely because you're not eating enough. So if we didn't eat any processed foods, and if we didn't add any salt to the table or to cooking, we would probably still get enough sodium in our diet. This hyponitremia occurs when people are perhaps having um, lots of fluid, so they're drinking way, way too much, um, or if they're using diuretics or they're vomiting, they've got diarrhea, they're on certain medications, or if they've got other sorts of heart failure and renal failure. So it is rare, but it does pop up from time to time. It's dangerous if the sodium levels drop quickly, but what we see in the community is that the sodium levels might drop really slowly and you don't see the acute effects of it. And so generally, if you continually drink a lot of water to the point that your urine is clear with your first wee in the morning, that might be a sign you're drinking too much water and you need to drop it down a bit. I'm glad you said that because uh, mine was sort of yellow this morning. <laughs> so, I, so I must be right in terms of my water intake. But something I did want to mention to you, Evangeline, was many years ago, and I'm talking a long time ago, I was doing um, competition for bodybuilding and we had to really watch our salt intake because it made us sort of pump up with water and us retain a lot of fluid. So does, yes. is that one of the effects? It, I mean, at that level, it does. But I think for your everyday person, you wouldn't notice it. I've just called you a non-everyday person, haven't I? <laughs> Trust me, that was a long time. We were talking 20 years ago. I right. <laughs> know any of that now. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's the, uh, the next mineral we're talking about? Right. 
And the next one, and this goes with sodium, is potassium. So potassium is also really important for maintaining your fluid balance and your electrolytes and is critical for the heart and brain. And they both work together to make sure there's the right amount of fluid in your cells. If too much fluid goes into your cells, and think about your brain space, mm. um, if too much fluid goes into the brain cells, they expand, they swell, and they cause that pressure against the skull. So these two work together. And the beauty about this is the more fruit and vegetables you eat with potassium in it, the less the effect of sodium is in your body. So that is why, you know, we repeatedly see in research that people that eat lots of fruit and vegetables have lower risk of chronic diseases. So it is really important to have those veggies. But once again, it can occur with dehydration, but with people that are drinking normal amounts and eating food, you're not normally going to see a deficiency in it. Um, but you might see that people get to high levels, particularly if they have renal problems. So it's something to look out for. Um, you know, if there's chronic kidney disease in the family. Last uh, night, I went to the uh, supermarket and I bought my favourite uh, cold-pressed milk, which I absolutely love, and it's so delicious. And I had a nice warm glass of milk with a bit of malt in it before I went to bed and had the best sleep. I'd have got plenty of calcium, wouldn't I? You would have. You, well, yes. It was, it was actually dairy milk. Yeah, it was dairy milk. It was so yummy. Yeah, oh. yeah absolutely. <laughs> and look, calcium is probably one of the most critical nutrients in our diet, and particularly for women, because with low levels, you don't get as much calcium going into the bones, and the bones don't become strong enough to support. And this may not be a problem in earlier life, but as you get older, particularly when women hit menopause, they risk of fractures increases and once you've had a fracture in a hip bone or in a uh, you know in the backbone it can be really serious so it, it is really critical to make sure you have your calcium and particularly the interesting thing about calcium going into the bones is it stops when you're roughly early to mid 20s oh so we have to really yeah. supplement then yeah well no so what you eat goes into your bones but when you get about 25 not as much goes into your bone but mm. what the bone is is it's, it's a reservoir of calcium for the body so if your calcium levels are too low in your diet it will come out of your bones really easily to help keep the blood levels up but what happens over 25 is it doesn't go back into the bone easily so gradually your bone density decreases so it's critical that young people have lots of dairy and then even as you get older, it's critical that you have it every day. So you're trying to maintain your blood levels from your diet and not dipping into your bones. So just to, to get it right, as we get older, above our mid-20s, we need to keep our calcium levels up because if we don't have it up, it'll take it out of our bones and we'll get thinner bones. That's right. It's a bit like a bank account. The, mm. money, will, the money comes out easily, right? but it doesn't go back in over 25. That is a bank so account, isn't it? <laughs> you're drawing. Yeah, you're drawing on your reserves the whole time and gradually the reserves of calcium in your bone dwindle and then by the time that someone's 50, 60, 70, they're really quite low and fragile and much easier to break. Let's uh, move on to the next one. It's a supplement that I take at night and I feel like it, it helps. There's two things and I don't know if it's true. I feel like I get less muscle cramps with it and I tend to yeah. sleep better and that is magnesium. Yes, that's absolutely true. So magnesium is involved with muscles and contractions and energy metabolism. So it does reduce muscle cramps and makes them more relaxed, which is 
good, but you can get these from nuts and legumes and dark green leaf vegetables as well. The problem is for some people, it will make them relax too much and they can get diarrhea from it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're going to try taking magnesium supplements, you know, the daily intake should be around three to 400. You shouldn't take a supplement that's over that. And I would start up by cutting it up into quarters and gradually increasing the amount because you don't want to sort of find out in the morning you've had a bit of an accident. Uh, I've got to run to the top. We'll be back in a minute. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm having too much. I'm sure my magnesium says like super strength or something like that. So I'm going to check it. So you're saying that uh, 350 milligram, we should be taking no more than 350 milligram for a supplement. Yeah, and if someone wants to start it because they feel they they get a lot of muscle cramps, just cut the tablet into quarters if you can and then just do it gradually to see, make sure you don't get this sort of bad side effect. Okay, that's good to know. Let's uh, move on to the next one and that is iron. Yeah, look, iron is a, is a big problem. A lot of deficiency in it, particularly in women who are menstruating. But I think with the increasing number of people that are choosing to have vegan or vegetarian diets, there's going to be increased risk of iron deficiency in men as well. So iron is really critical because it basically carries the oxygen around our body to the working muscles. And the quicker we can get lots of oxygen to those working muscles, the less fatigued we feel and the less tired we will feel. So it's a really critical nutrient. But I've got to warn people, everybody feels tired, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's really important to make sure the tiredness that you have is related to low iron levels, which causes anemia, as opposed to you're being overworked or you've got something else wrong with you. So don't take iron tablets unless you've had your blood levels checked by a doctor. Just on the iron, uh, and we know that red meat take uh, contains lots of iron. I've been, I mean, just for the sake of the uh, planet, I've been uh, basically cut out red meat almost altogether, just occasionally it might slip in. Um, if you yeah. just eat white meats, can you still get enough iron or do you have to have the yeah, red meat to get the iron? Yeah, the white meats have a little bit of iron in them, but the darker white meats have more. So the bits of the chicken that are that darker colour actually have more iron in it. So yes, they do, but not as much. But a really good source of iron for those that are vegan or vegetarian is whole grain breads and cereals. You know, those really, those breads that are, you know, got lots and lots of grains in them are really good, but also beans and lentils and legumes. And the beauty about beans, lentils and legumes is that they also contain a lot of protein in them. So they give you both the protein and the iron, which you would get in red meat. So it's, you know, if you're going to drop your red meat, you've got to start having more beans and legumes. Okay, that's what I'm not doing. That's why I'm feeling tired. Now, uh, Nick, well, it might be. I need to check it first. But let's. we've got time for one more. Um, yeah. I reckon we talk about zinc because I know a lot of people that take a zinc supplement. Do we need mm. to? Yeah, look, once again, it's it's... It's hard to determine and really blood levels are only going to check. But zinc is such an important mineral because it's involved in all the enzymes, well, most of the enzymes that make all the different bits that you need in your body, hormones, enzymes, you know, everything. And it's also involved in making sperm. So this is one where the requirement for men is actually much higher than it is for women. So it also contributes if you've got a deficiency and it reduces wound healing, loss of appetite, impaired immunity as well as hair loss so but interestingly enough you get the same 
symptoms if you have too much of it. And where you find zinc is in the same places that you find iron. So protein food and whole grain cereal and beans and legumes. But the other high source of zinc in the diet is shellfish, particularly oysters. Oh, okay. So we need to up our oysters. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly for men, um, because their requirements are much higher. Do you uh, pee zinc out if you have too much of it? You would lose a little bit, but you would store it in your body. So okay. like iron, like zinc, I mean, you lose a little bit of those in your sweat and in your pee and in your poops, um, but then it stays in your body. And that's one of the risks with people if they take iron and they're not actually, don't actually have anemia is it starts depositing in your body and can cause joint damage. So it is important to make sure that you know, where you sit before you start taking these medications. Sorry, these um, supplements. Evangeline, really interesting chat. I'm going to go and check my uh, magnesium strength because I reckon it's too high. So I'm going to get onto it. I'll let you know. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We'll talk about it next time. (laughs) Evangeline, great to chat with you. Talk to you in a couple of weeks time. Likewise. See you later. That's Dr. Evangeline Mancioris, Program Director of Nutrition and Food Sciences at the University of South Australia. Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com or the Joy app, no matter where you are. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.